What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today, oh boy, do we have an incredible guest for you. We have Dr. JJ Kelly on today. And Dr. Kelly shares about dialectical behavior therapy. If you tuned into a recent episode with Alyssa Kurtz about how a mixture of DBT and martial arts saved her life, quite literally, um, this is the person she was referencing. So Dr. JJ Kelly is a licensed clinical psychologist, emotional intelligence skills training expert, and best-selling author of the Holy Shit series. JJ <laughs> is also the CEO and founder of Unorthodox um, Inc., a punk alternative to traditional psychotherapy that centers around group process, peer coaching, mentorship, and community outreach. So during this episode, we talk about what is DBT, who it's for, um, some of the kind of misdiagnoses that can happen regarding DBT, the transformations that Dr. Kelly has witnessed with this process, and so much more. I mean, just tune in. This approach is so different than what we've ever talked about on the podcast, and I found yeah. it incredibly refreshing and fucking hilarious, to be honest. So yes, but before we get yeah. into the interview, Kelsey, where can people find you right now uh, on tour? So uh, you can head to KelseyCook.com and get tickets. Uh, so many shows coming up. I will be at the Syracuse Funny Bone this weekend and then at Acme in Minneapolis, March 9th through 12th. The weekend after that, I'm at Zany's in Chicago. And then the week after that, I'm in New York City at City Winery and Niagara Falls. So many more after that, Vegas, Austin, San Diego. Just go to my website, grab tickets. Would love to see you guys there. Uh, Del, how about you? 
Yes. Um, we just launched season four of Eficionado, the podcast. Big announcement with that. It is now a private podcast only. It's not accessible Whoa. anywhere public. So you can find it at DelaneyFisher.com and you can sign up to get it delivered to your inbox, but it will no longer be found on Apple or uh, Spotify or anything like that. So DelaneyFisher.com for that podcast. Uh, the Minimalist Business Podcast. And before we get into the episode, just a little bit of a disclaimer, um, the topics of you know suicide attempts and cutting and things like that do come up in this episode. So if you feel like you're not in a place to hear about those things, might need to skip this episode or listen to it at a later time. Yeah. And Kels, anything else before we dive in? I don't think so, but I think you guys are going to really enjoy our interview with uh, Dr. Kelly. So here it is. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. You just whispered the entire episode. You'd be like, yes. what is going on? <laughs> the naughty little episode. Where I'm <laughs> Dirty. Yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to this all week. You came so highly recommended to one of our recent guests, Alyssa Kurtz, who said that working with you literally saved her life, quite literally saved her life. Um, the training that you provide, your approach, very direct, no bullshit approach, which we very much appreciate on this show. So I am so excited to hear your perspective on all of this. But before we get into that, do you have a favorite or least favorite quote? Let's get to the important stuff first. Oh, I have tons of least favorites. And even like quoting, I don't like that because most of the time people are using it to like make other people feel small. You know how mm. people use quote? Mm. Yeah, have you heard that quote? I've had <laughs> people say, oh, you're a psychologist and you don't know that Tolstoy quote. And I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. There's so much information. Nobody knows all of it. Knock it off. That's right. such an insecure move, you know? <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'll I'll read any Baldwin or Emerson or Angelou and Fishbone and Digital Underground. There's so many quotes. But the one I decided on is the one that keeps jumping in my head, mm -hmm. which is happy people act right. Oh. And that's a very well-known <laughs> quote among a very small circle because it's a quote by Dr. J.J. Kelly. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, quoted yourself. I love it. Yes. We haven't had somebody quote themselves in a while and uh, we needed it to happen again. Yeah. It's either a boss move or totally narcissistic. <laughs> you can decide as we go on. Well, you're in the right profession if it is, right? So... <laughs> Oh my God. Hell yeah. We can get into that too. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love it. Um, so that's a great just, quote. That is a yeah. good one. Happy people act right. How true too. It's so, yeah, I'm, I am going through like the Rolodex of people I've in my life and yeah. thinking about how people act when they're happy. And it is, uh, much more acceptable. <laughs> All how they, the yeah. behaviors come from people who are like afraid or ashamed or right. whatever. Yeah. We also, we do the quote on here, a lot of, um, hurt people, hurt people. Totally. It's just yeah. like that, except yeah. sunnier, yeah. Uh -huh. a, little more, a little more fuck you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. And awesome. that's, you know, that's what's so, so cool about DBT. First of all, Alyssa, what a badass. Oh my oh gosh. Oh my God. And Blow I don't just mean the fighting, like everything about Alyssa 
is like a lion ready to lioness. Yes, I completely agree. She is one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. Um, you, yeah, it, you need to check out Alyssa Kurtz. She has this incredible training program that mixes like DBT skills and martial arts, and it's literally saving people's lives. So please oh, yeah. check it out. I have um, two of the baby docs in. Okay, I, this is going to require some explanation. Um, okay, so first of all, with Alyssa, in the cutting book, there is a story. And that story, Alyssa doesn't mind me saying, is yeah. her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I need so to there's a whole that. thing like she was really down when we first met. And it, I mean, it's just, it's a hell of a thing watching somebody come from that. And the privilege to be trusted in that way, to like yeah. lovingly kick somebody's ass into like using skills where they can change their lives. I mean, she's the poster child for (laughs) DBT, but I, the lucky one, I get to see that all the time for like almost 20 years now. It's like the best freaking cool. Yes. Maybe we should probably start off with, you know, a lot of people might not know what dialectical behavior therapy is. Can you just give us a Spark note version, what it is, who it's for, what it does, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've been asked this by a lot of people in the field too. People don't understand what it is because it's so experiential. Mm. It's tough to just define. If you start reading it in a book, it's both scary and too dense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tell people a dialectic is the Venn diagram, two circles that intersect way before all this Venn shit was in, in Mm -hmm. all numbers of circles intersecting. Oh my God, entrepreneurs, calm down. (laughs) Venn diagrams. Um, However, in DBT, that dialectic is the Venn diagram. It's two seemingly opposing things existing at the same time in a kind of integrated harmony. So in this case, it's Zen mindfulness meets cognitive behavior therapy which is a lot like an assertiveness training, really. And what's so beautiful about that combination is we don't have to agree on a goddamn thing for it to work for you. So it takes out all that doctor worship, patriarchal crap. It binds all hues of people. Like the only thing we have to have in common is the courage to learn and teach and trust. And then really the only way you can fuck it up is just not doing it, which I do not allow. Can you imagine a kid just got on a call yesterday without having done her homework? And I was like, oh, in what universe was that going to fly? Have we fucking met? She immediately starts crying. And just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. That's a defense sometimes, too. Don't get too, oh, single tear. No. She was like, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm like, you're crying because it's a tense moment where I'm calling you out. And because every time you cry, your mom backs off and doesn't hold you responsible, which will never happen here. Oh, yeah. So Uh, be in your power. Release mm -hmm. the tension through crying. Totally acceptable. And then keep talking. Yeah. Oh my God. I need you to be like my coach or my mother or, yeah. a mother or both. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, something you said really struck me. Can, is, can you give an example of where you don't have to agree on this thing for it to work? Like, what is an example of what that can look like? How about political stuff? Like, oh, okay. You know, there there's such a climate of uh, intolerance and, I mean, even hate, right? And when there was such a huge political shift all those years ago, I, I was still in private practice. I had kids in front of me that I had love for and a duty to serve that I hold myself responsible for and take really seriously. And so how do you bridge that gap? You know, nobody has ever changed their mind by calling them stupid. I don't know why people on both sides continue to do that. Empathy and love is the only way. Hello. Don't just say those words. Live that. You know? Um, But radical acceptance is built right in. That's Thich Nhat Hanh. I mean, this is like Marsha Linehan made DBT, but two out of the four modules are straight up verbatim from Thich Nhat Hanh's Miracle of Mindfulness. And she doesn't, I mean, she says that outright, just like I say, DBT was Marshall Lenahan's, like, half tip to Marsha. You know, I made my own program with it, but it's still DBT. Right. And the Buddhist stuff has radical acceptance built into it. So you have to accept the reality. You can hate it, though. Acceptance doesn't mean judging it or having an opinion that you like it or think it's good. Right. So you can hate your reality, yet you must accept it in order to even change it. A lot of times people are like, oh, acceptance, like, oh, that's where I ragged all my way through life. You know, I just go possum and go in denial and like hope that it'll disappear. That's not acceptance. You have to accept something shitty in order to change it. The reality that it's shitty often makes you want to change it. And that's what people come to me with a set of target behaviors that they define makes messes in their lives that bites them in the ass later. So I don't have to be like, "Mm, well, you're doing this and this and like gross. They're like, Hey, I'm doing this cutting. For example, nobody wants to, they just Mm -hmm. don't know what else to do when they're, they're in that activated emotional. It's so intense. They just want it to stop. They don't know skills. No one taught them skills. So if they're handed something that works instead of that, any kind of self-harm behavior, most people will take it. It's just that first step they have to, you know, take a risk because they don't know that it works. I know it works, but they're not taking my word for it. I wouldn't have with the shrink when I did it. When I was a teenager, I didn't listen to adults. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I still don't listen to just because you said it doesn't make it a fact. If it makes sense to me, fine. Otherwise, get out of here. Right. Mm. So why that respect is built in? What would somebody come to you with in terms of something they're struggling in life that they would come to you instead of going like just the cognitive behavioral therapy route or like what is it about DBT that? attracts people to it and makes them go, oh, maybe this is the best fit for me. Uh, I don't think people are educated enough about DBT to do that. They usually got told by a shrink oh. who also doesn't know what it is. Okay. Okay. 
to go, you know, in the beginning of my career, oh, I, you're cutting yourself, go to JJ. Dr. Kelly does that. Mm. Oh, um, it scares okay. it scares people. I mean, it, it should. Um, right. And it's one of the only modalities that is uh, recommended in the DSM, the, our Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Oh, wow. So anybody that's self-harming is pretty much going to get a borderline personality disorder diagnosis in the hospital or by a psychiatrist. I don't agree with doing that with young people because all of adolescence is high highs and low lows. It looks like borderline personality disorder. um, So I think that because it's recommended for that, people are like, oh, you should do DBT. But self-harm almost immediately gets that recommendation, but it's so much more than that. And I don't, you know, all diagnoses or none, I teach these skills too. That's, I'm trying to take the pathologizing out of it too. You're sick. I know everything. Do what I say. I don't like that model. I think it's super elitist and white. And homophobic and certainly patriarchal. Whoa. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Have you had somebody come to you with a, a diagnosis and then after working with them for a period of time, you both realize, oh, that was not correct. That was oh, a misdiagnosis. I often realize that the first meeting. Wow. And I say, there's absolutely nothing fucking wrong with you. Wow. What are the most common misdiagnosis? Borderline personality disorder. That's super gendered too. Um, And, you know, just diagnoses in general, as well as pills are handed out like we're playing cards. Right. Right. (laughs) What the hell? People that are still in development? Are you fucking crazy? Like big pharma has just whatever. But, you know, often too, parents don't want to pay whatever tons of money that their insurance doesn't cover and then walk out without a prescription. I, again, psychologist, I don't do prescriptions, but I do have some empathy for them that the parents are like, oh, we got absolutely nothing from this. Well, your kid did because the shrink probably told him you're kind of controlling and crazy and enmeshed. Right, mm. right. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm God, I'm so much less parent blaming than I was in my, the beginning of my career. They're scared. And nobody taught them emotional intelligence skills either. They're doing the best they can. I mean, look at this pandemic. It's crazy. How families haven't just murdered each other beyond <laughs> 
Yeah, some sort of Amityville horror. Oh my God. It's like understandable almost, you know? Right. The thing that I like though, is that the pandemic has certainly illuminated the fact that we need emotional intelligence skills and nobody has them. Mm, But the problem is they're all flocking to shrinks now, psychologists and psychiatrists. They have an awareness of need, but the field itself is still so fucked that they're going to get expensive help that often doesn't help at all, which circles back to your question. It's faster. You could spend years in CBT with a mediocre ass therapist that got their doctorate because their parents have money and they don't have any real talent, but they feel real good about themselves at the end of the day for just stroking. Like what the hell? (laughs) So can you walk us through like we've, the the example that's been brought up a couple of times today is cutting. So let's Mm -hmm. say somebody comes to you and that is the main thing they're struggling with Mm -hmm. or one of them. Can you walk us through what your initial approach would be that is incorporating dbt talk about the cutting ad nauseum that first meeting okay demonstrate that it's always on the table i am not afraid of it Mm -hmm. we need to talk about it we want to validate the feelings that are driving that behavior in dbt we validate all feelings not all thoughts and not all behaviors Mm -hmm. okay but definitely all emotions because something's going on that's leading to that behavior because it's extreme enough where something's been ignored for a long time. A lot of times parents are like, oh, how do you know if they're not doing it for attention? Uh, They are. They need some attending to. Right. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. So we talk, I mean, ad nauseum that first meeting and then i almost don't mention it again that's oh, interesting the crazy thing is nobody knows i mean i don't tell people really either but nobody knows how easy it is to treat cutting just get in there get real with them talk about it no they know that you, they're seen and heard you know, I make it sound easy, but professionals don't do this. They're scared and they fuck it up and whatever. But then again, it causes shame, even if in the relief that comes from self-harm of any kind. It's not without a price to pay. And that price is shame. Mm. So nobody wants to do it. They're just desperate. So mm. now I'm teaching them the skills. And I'm like, don't take my word for it. Try this. Yeah. And they'll damn near try anything instead of that. And then when it works to help regulate their emotions in the moment and they can ride that wave without self-harming, then I got them. Then Mm. I got the buy-in. And now they have have their own data, not just my say-so. And- now they're willing to try, take the emotional risk and find their courage to try more of the skills. And the more they get under their belt, the happier they get. The more, yeah. you know, they're, they feel powerful again instead of helpless. Yeah. And wow. like their emotions bitch, you know? Nobody likes yeah. that. We've all felt that. Yeah. That little, that little decision point where you're like, maybe fighting with a partner or a sibling or a parent or something at any age. 
And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're going to burn it down? Well, I am going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> we give ourselves permission to act like assholes. We act <laughs> like we don't. But there is a decision point there where we choose it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah. that's my favorite class to teach, the willfulness class, where we define all the behaviors that you know. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you're fucking up. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> but I think Lenahan specifically says that the teachers of DBT are not supposed to reveal their own willful behavior, but I totally do. I, <laughs> I love that. Because I yeah. think, don't you want to know, like... The person, yeah, like, don't you want to know that I fuck up too? (laughs) Yeah, I'm still a great role model too. That's the dialectic, right? It's the gray. Nothing's black and white, right? I'm a good role model, but I don't want you to idealize me too much because then you're like, oh, JJ can do it. I can't. Bullshit. If I can do it, you definitely can do it. Right. Well, it takes that shame away too because then it makes people feel less alone. Yeah, um, humanizes what, you yeah. <laughs> yeah. and them in the process. Right. right. Can you give us, um, some of the examples that you use when you are teaching people other skills to move away from cutting into something else? Like, can you give us, like, tell us what you would suggest yeah, to somebody? I mean, there, and there are lots of little names for things and then shit that I just make up over the years, mm-hmm. but like, um, willful behaviors are, something like where you're refusing to tolerate the moment. I think Allie even referred to some of the stuff, but the stuff that you know gets in the way and makes your life worse instead of better. So even something like you could use your mindfulness skills so that you can identify the choice point. So you're cruising along and something happens and you're like, okay, well, normally I would, you know, tell someone to fuck off (laughs) in this situation. But that's got me in a lot of trouble over the years. So maybe I ought to try something else. So just to identify that choice point, even if you do the willful thing, it's real hard to teach identification of that choice point. But once you've done it once, you Mm. can do it forever. So then choosing the other path is people are like, oh, I don't know. Which skill should I use? I'm like, anything. (laughs) The one that you're doing, dude. But... But if you can't remember anything, then ask yourself, what am I feeling? That's built-in validation. And then get make sure it's an emotion name. So oh. Allie did give this one that I've used for years. I feel like you're an asshole. That ain't no feeling. That's a judgment. And I don't yeah. actually agree with you. I'm made of love. You're just anxious right now because I'm challenging you. And now you think I'm mean or an asshole or something. What else with that? But if my challenge is scaring you or making Uh, you feel shame, which again, I'm not making you feel shame by talking about the shameful thing you just did. We're just getting it out in the open so we can like inoculate you to it. But naming the emotion and making sure that that emotion is an actual emotion, not a thought or a judgment is Number one, because that will bring you back to baseline, maybe not all the way, but it will it will lower that emotional activation, that charge enough where you could at least now think of some of the other skills that you learned. And if you can't, three deep abdominal breaths. 
or the belly comes out on the inhale. Now you definitely can think of like half smile, radical acceptance, you know, some of the other stuff that's a little more meta. Mm, but nobody yeah. can think of that shit when they're right. So just remember the one thing, name your emotion. Now you're then take breaths. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go to my emotion regulation sheet. Oh, prompting event, emotions that I felt. You know, even doing that is an act of distraction from the thing that was emotionally yeah. activating you. It's yeah. productive as shit. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. It's so cool. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are there? Have you noticed that there's certain like stages people go through when they go through this type of experience with you? Or are there certain modules that you take them through or components yeah. of it? Um, you mind sharing a little bit about that? What that could yeah, look like? Yeah, the the modules. There are four modules in DBT: mindfulness, distress tolerance skills, emotion regulation skills, and then interpersonal effectiveness skills that actually take you through how to deliver an effective ask or say no. Ah, love, okay. love, love. But you need the other stuff before you get to emotion or to the interpersonal effectiveness skills because if you can't. like tolerate any distress or you can't regulate your emotions before you add somebody else who hasn't been learning these skills and definitely is going to trigger you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So you want some of that on board before you get to the wild card of like the other per the added other person. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, So do you feel like it's when, when somebody has noticed something, a behavior or a trait or a personality disorder, do you feel like it's the responsibility of that professional to let them know on the spot? Or is there certain people you have to be like more ginger with or more strategic about how you share it with them and what that looks like? Or do you feel like, you know what, I'm just going to call it when I see it. And that I, um, I, don't think an always or never applies to much in life. It's all strategy. Like I make it look like a funny little conversation we're having about things, but I'm like, you know, we're laughing and I'm thinking about four to seven boxes I need to check in that moment. Like I'm doing the thing. Yeah. But I think a relaxed brain works better. So, and plus I'm Midwest, you know, like we're going to laugh and, dick around so that you're relaxed we're playing and they this very dense 
information gets in better then. You're going to remember more of it if it's like light and playful and full of joy, which is the whole point of life, not just DVT, but life. I do think to actively hide it usually isn't a great idea. Mm. Now, I don't really ascribe to the DSM or the field so much. So I, I think a lot of the diagnoses are kind of bullshit anyway, and just a way for professionals to talk to each other, like a shorthand. I think it's useful for that, but I think that kind of categorization of people is kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has narcy behaviors or like vulnerabilities. Like if you come from a narcissistic family system in any way, then you got pet, you're going to like become one or date one or 20 of them. You know, like we all have our vulnerabilities to that thing. And so to talk about it in those terms, like I don't need to call anybody an ist. I don't really believe in ists. It was like the least punk rock thing I ever did was become a psychologist. (laughs) <laughs> and get licensed like but like to you got to talk about the behaviors that's a yeah. real non pathologizing thing to do i think is to talk about the behaviors you want to change cuz i can help you with that and you're motivated to do it i don't have to convince you i'm just like hey i'm an expert on these skills I don't know everything and I'm not attached to knowing everything. That's already a fucking miracle for any doctor. Yeah. We're not supposed to like have to be right, right, wrong. There's that, not that black and white bullshit again. Life is so much more complex than that. I'll take a shot at the instinct that I have. But if you tell me, yeah, no, that's not, that's not really it. I'll be like, okay, all right, we're getting somewhere. I'm just throwing mud at the wall to see what sticks. You got to be the one that, if it doesn't, I think everything I say is totally brilliant. So, but if it doesn't resonate with you, it's garbage. Throw it away. We'll move on. What are some big transformations that you've witnessed? Are you able to give us some examples? Obviously, Alyssa is a huge, a huge one. Are there other ones that have blown you away? Oh my God. Yes. So many. Like, oh God, I mean, so many when like multiple, multiple suicide attempts, you know, to like moving out, getting a job, like choosing a profession they love, you know, Mm -hmm. tons of queer kids whose parents are like either super outwardly homophobic or like doing the liberal, I'm not homophobic you know, you, you, oh, you had said to one kid, hey, is your partner coming to Thanksgiving or some shit? But you didn't ask the queer kid who's been in a relationship for two years with the same person if they're bringing their partner. That's homophobic, dude. Yeah. And yeah. To, to pretend like you have no unconscious bias means it's never going to get solved. So they come in all like, you know, hunched shoulders they don't, they're not feeling themselves. Trans kids too, you know, like I have seen some people get a freaking haircut and like, woo, they just bloom like the flower I knew they were. Mm-hmm. Like all we're, I'm just trying to help people remove the shit of the programming 
from society for the first 18 years. I'm like, dude, the second 18 years is <laughs> shedding that shit. Mm, Takes yeah. a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so no <true>. kidding. <laughs> Unlearning, like, whoa. But you can just see like posture and like more smiling. We laugh more and they're just, they've got that, the sparkle comes back in there and they rip on me. When they rip on me, I know that they are really doing well. You've got to learn emotional intelligence skills. Your quality of life, your capacity to experience joy will increase so much. I have chills. You you won't even, it's better than what you have imagined is possible. Mm, I love that. That's such a great way to put it. I know. Yeah. Best yes. job ever. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What would you like to leave people with about DBT? And then where can people find you and continue that conversation with you? Um, I would shop around. I tell people this for shrinks too. Like, God, if you don't connect with somebody, shop around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, me included. Um, right. You just got to find somebody that you connect with. I did the Gifted Misfits book so that people could have like DBT completely spelled out in lay person's terms. So that Christ, it's free on Spotify. You can listen to the podcast of the gifted misfits. Holy shit. Books are rad. (laughs) Most people are in a real primitive place with their understanding. They say, when I ask them how they feel, they say good or bad. That, That those are not emotions. Nor is depression or anxiety, by the way. Those are diagnoses. Those are not emotions. So it's like now built into our speech to pathologize the shit out of ourselves. There's a real difference of saying I'm scared than I'm feeling anxious right now. Like, no, that there's a distance in that. We have to get to that intimate edge. I'm scared when I do that. I'm super happy. And then I get scared when I'm too happy. You know, like there's vulnerability (laughs) in that too. Life is complicated in the best way. And all the weird stuff that you hide from people is the best stuff about you. We got to change that. Mic drop. You just, we just need to entitle this episode. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. So good. Thank Um, you for giving me the space to talk about it. That's like, that fills my heart up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank thank you you for for giving us your time and sharing all your wisdom with us. This was, I think it'd be really, really helpful for our (laughs) listeners. Yeah. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you very much. I hope so. Have a lovely rest of the day and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. I hope so. Let's stay in touch. (laughs) Awesome. I'll take you out to a drag show or something. Yes. Oh boy, that was. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I had to reevaluate my entire life after that yes. episode while it was mm-hmm. happening. It was yeah, like, I really yeah. loved that pointer of instead of just settling on, I feel anxious and moving on, realizing that that feeling is coming from typically a place of fear and trying to get specific with yourself on what you are afraid of how you can remedy that because without actually identifying what you're afraid of, then you probably are just going to continue to feel anxious. And, uh, I, 
I found that very helpful. I love that. Yeah. It's like, why are you anxious? Why are you depressed? Why is it leading to that? And I love the tip of shopping around to find Mm -hmm. the mental health professional that works for you specifically. We all have different preferences and needs. And I love that we've talked about so much how finding the right person is like dating, you know, finding Mm -hmm. your therapist or coach or mental health professional, whatever it is. And um, yeah, no, I love that. That's a great, always a great first step as well. Totally. Um, we do have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Chelly Mainly. Lots of cookie emojis right up front. <laughs> Love it. Says, these ladies balance out humor and self-help so well. I look forward to every single episode. Anyone who needs podcast recommendations, I always recommend Self-Helpless. Thank you so much, Chelly. Thank you. Thank you. Very so much kind. appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. We we love the fact that um, so many people refer this show and lots of word of mouth and friends and family and all that. So very cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a segment, Del? You know, I don't have anything super specific. We're just kind of in like wedding planning type mode right now. I don't know if I've really talked about it much on the podcast, but we eloped last year and now we're doing like a reception, you know, coming up. And so- Yeah, we're just like centerpieces doing that, tasting things. Like that's kind of what's happening in our world. What about you, Kels? Yeah, it's been fun. Well, I mentioned on the podcast a couple episodes ago that I was about to go visit my niece, uh, my baby niece. And I just got back from that today. And oh my God. I mean, we're going to do an episode soon on our feelings about having kids or not having kids and kind of where we are all standing, you, me, and Taylor at this moment yeah. in life. Um, but fuck, man, that baby, re- like if somebody could guarantee me that that is <laughs> what my baby would be like and ch- she's just, I think, about as perfect and easy and wonderful as a of a baby as they come and I had the best time. I've never felt Aww. a connection to a baby like that and – I'm, I'm, I've become the crazy aunt. Like I took so many photos, constant videos. When I'm hearing my voice back in the videos, I'm like, who are you? Who is this person? (laughs) Sounding so insane, but I'm just, I love her so much. And, uh, it, it was really, really meaningful. So I'm really happy I got to do that. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's so nice. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, Well, where can people find you to buy tour tickets, all that good stuff? Yeah, KelseyCook.com, Syracuse this weekend, Minneapolis. After that, I'm really excited for Minneapolis. Um, Chicago, New York City, Niagara Falls, everything coming up. So uh, go get some tickets. Sweet. And you can check out DelaneyFisher.com for Efficionado, the podcast. If you are an entrepreneur, business owner, and you want to scale a minimalist business, so check it out over there. Love to have you. Amazing. All right, guys. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 